This is Unsocial Spectators with Clay Harrison and Mark Ramsey. And uh, you can find us at unsocialspectators.com and also at unspectators on Twitter. All right, welcome to episode 22 of Unsocial Spectators. It's time to rock. Hey now. How's it going, man? Oh, doing pretty good. Uh, I haven't watched that many movies this uh, this week because I got back into video gaming. Oh, what have you been playing? Uh, Division 2. Yeah, I love that game. I love it, man. And there's a a new uh, thing where you can go back to New York, and uh, yeah, it's fun. So, yeah, and and it's a team game, right? Because you run as a squad, right? Uh, you can you can do it solo, or you can uh, uh, run up to eight different people. Uh, Maybe more now, but you know. Uh, as far as I know, eight right now. Yeah. But, yeah, I... I played the first one for years, and then I played the second one now for years, so... But I, I think because it looked multiplayer, that that's what turned me off. I just, uh, I'm not a big fan of having to play with other people, but now that I know that it's solo, maybe I'll give it a run yeah it's it's always up to you you can play solo or you can play in team you know some things you have to do in teams so yeah yeah uh but it's a looter shooter you loot a bunch of shit and uh you know try to get better and upgrade all the time and but yeah yeah, it's a cool story they're making a movie uh, for the division, oh, yeah. and it has uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, what's her name? She's a, a redhead. Uh, di- uh, Jessica Chastain. Yeah, Jessica Chastain. So I can't wait to see that. You know, so so that'll She's be good. good. Uh, so this week I wanted to uh, kind of talk about. Uh, I, me and my buddies, we used to do crazy shit downtown. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, Dallas, me and my brother-in-law, we would act like we were English. Uh, (laughs) I was Angus and, or I was Nigel and he was Angus. And we, I I think you could also pull off an Angus. Yeah. Oh yeah. an, An Angus. Uh, so, uh, uh, we would stand behind these bar. There was this place, I think by Club Clearview downtown where you were behind bars, but there were people outside of the club. You could talk to you on the street and we would make fun of people as they would walk by in this uh, br- uh, British uh, accent, and we knew the club owner. So, yeah. if people would get pissed off, we would run into the back room, and they come into the. He wouldn't mind because they'd have to come and pay cover charge. Yeah. But yeah, we'd run to the back room and just look out the the little peer through the window and just laugh our ass off. <laughs> uh, so yeah, th- that was always fun. Uh, also in uh, 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 downtown Austin, me and my buddy Doug, we uh, there were so many uh, people begging for change. All these gutter punks, you know. Yeah. So we would get a pocket full of change, you know, mostly pennies, you know, just uh, nickels and pennies. And we would take it downtown and we would give change away. So we would like go up to people and say, hey, do you want some change? And they would like... Uh, you know, just have no idea what was going on. 
they would think we're scamming them and all this stuff. And we just had a great time doing that. <laughs> uh, so, have you ever done, like, uh, uh, weird stuff to fuck with people before? Uh, you know, yeah, I, I think, you know, I talked about the practical joke that I regretted, uh, in an episode, uh, to fuck with people. Yeah, um, just random people. I mean, I used to fuck with acid trippers at concerts a lot, you know. No, not really. Not, I'm trying to think of anything... No, I'm pretty boring. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I would get my kicks fucking with people, you know. Uh, I would always, you know, w doing the water sound. Dwit, dwit, oh, yeah. I would do that randomly everywhere, fucking with people all the time. So I would uh, be the guy who would like encourage you to do that and cut and tell you other things to do because like i had friends who would like i had a, a buddy of mine who would just fart and like in <laughs> class just yeah. to get the attention or, just rip you, one <laughs> yeah yeah and then i then you would just go like well i bet you wouldn't do it if she was closer you know you just push him to see like how much you can get yeah sure get them because you know they'll get in trouble, and you'll just laugh the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> good stuff. Uh, so, we watched some movies from 1977. Oh, shit. Now it made me think of a story. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, because this... this okay, so the farting dude. The farting dude. Uh, we'll just call, we're, we're just going to call him the farting dude. Uh, protect, uh, protect uh, the, uh, senior Wind. <laughs> He, we were in a class, an English class, and the teacher had, like, gotten married, gotten divorced, gotten married again. She had three different names through our school year. She was kind of wacky. And Fart Dude would, like, randomly, he would just yell her name while, while her back was turned. And she'd turn around, and of course, no, no one would write him out, and he wouldn't acknowledge it. And he would just, he would fuck with her. And so he, for some reason, put, I think it was a tack, or he was taking, like, staples, and you know how you could twist them and make them where they would stick up? Yeah. And he would just make a whole pile of them. And he put them in her chair. And the she best. comes into class. Yeah, she comes into class, the bell rings, everyone's right. She sits down and sits on them and gets up and just lets loose and has a breakdown in class because she just starts she screams that she sat on him and then she just starts yelling at the class about god this was so long ago i just remember her kind of losing her mind you know yeah, and uh, just yeah and, uh, trust and me, i just uh, kind of looked at i looked at fart dude and i'm just like holy shit dude you like broke a person and she just ranted and yelled and screamed. And, like, nobody ever came in and, like, stopped her or did anything. And then she, like, brought herself down and, like, left for a while. And we all just kind of were, were, like, scared as fuck. You know, like, what, what, what has happened to the teacher? And everyone's looking at him because they know he did it. And, but no one ratted him out. Yeah. Um, uh, when I was in seventh grade... Uh, my uh, best friend at the time, another one of the friends of ours, uh, we were merciless to this teacher. Dro drove her crazy to the fact that she had a nervous breakdown, had to leave school. Oh, fuck. Uh, we got a teacher for the rest of the year. And, and never saw her again until ninth grade, oh. where me and my best friend and the other guy show up in her class the first day, and she looks at us and gets up, goes to her principal's office. The principal comes in, asks for us three 
to come with him and says, we're putting you in another class. You know, because she was I'm not doing this, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. These guys are, yeah, (laughs) they're they're merciless. So, and you know, I I feel bad about it. But, I mean, if you're going to be teaching middle school, you got to be able to handle it, man. (laughs) You know, I mean... Uh, not only did, did we haze people, we hazed kids, we hazed teachers. We didn't give a shit. Uh, the, yeah, when the, I substitute taught, uh, the, the hardest was middle school. Cause oh, of course. Dicks. They didn't give a shit, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, they weren't worried about college or their permanent record or anything. Uh, that's when I probably fucked around the most. Well, no, I drank a lot in high school, so really, I I fucked around a lot in uh, middle school, but just like skipping school, you know, to do dumb shit, you know. Uh, Look, uh, my second semester of, uh, as a junior, uh, I got uh, kicked out of uh, Berkner. Oh, really? Uh, For what? Uh, suspicion Uh-oh. of uh, drug dealing, and I got pissed off that they didn't have any proof, and they were, but they were telling my parents, you know. So I told them, uh, fuck this, I'm going to another school next year. And, uh, yeah. you know, left school. But I was so intelligent, I had credits built up uh, that I missed an entire semester of my junior year and still graduated on time uh, when I went to Richardson. So I gave the, I just had a vacation. So I gave the big middle finger to those guys. So, oh, well, it didn't bother me any. (laughs) Like Like in middle school, I got caught. Uh, uh, skipping school because my mom worked for the city and so all the cops yeah. knew where my mom's house was and she would come home for lunch so all I had to do was just like leave and then come back and so she came in, uh, home I left and then uh, and I was with a buddy of mine and and for some reason I needed to take my porn with me <laughs> and so of hit course. the railroad tracks, you know, got to have something to read. Sure. You know, it's, I've got, I mean, it's a, it's a whole hour. Yeah. So, uh, and so we, we head back to the house after I see my mom has left. And, uh, my buddy says that car that just drove by the license plate was all numbers. So that was a cop car. Yeah. And I was like, are you sure? And then I look and I see it, you turn and come back and we just take off running. And uh, where my house was, there was like an open field, and my buddy runs across the open field. The cop drove up on it, and they pulled guns on him <laughs> and told him told him to freeze. And so uh, then they took both of us to the police department, which was where in the city my mom worked. Yeah, and so I had to go pull her out of her office to say, "Hey, we caught your son." And his porn sneaking around <laughs> your house trying to get we, in. <laughs> we caught your son and his born. Uh. <laughs> Would you like to? I mean that that's that's worse than your mom seeing your uh, uh, internet uh, browsing porn history is to have physical porn. It's <laughs> like here is what we caught your son with. Oh, uh, well, for I was... some reason, I didn't drop it. <laughs> Uh, my 12-year-old birthday party, uh, my parents asked me what I want for the party, and I said porn. <laughs> and they got me porno tapes what? for me and my, yeah, for me and my friends, and we watched porn. Huh? At 12? Yeah. My, my, parent, my mom's from Europe. She didn't give a shit. My you know what, da- my probably... dad doesn't give a shit. She took me to Porky's at age ten. So I, I think I probably saw porn. I know I saw porn in middle school at a buddy's house, 
because he had a projector and he had like eight millimeter film pour. Yeah. Like that was like some old school real to real shit. Uh, look, uh, my parents, I had permission at the local video store to go behind the uh, the beads or or behind the saloon door where they kept the porn. I when I was a young kid, so I could get it whenever I wanted it. See, that's wild. See, I never saw like VHS porn. I'm trying to think when I found VHS porn. I think my mom's uh, second husband he had a whole lot of uh, VHS porn that uh, was like pretty out there. Like you could easily yeah. see it. It was just kind of like, hey, dude, you have like children in the house. You know, because I was one of the older ones. Yeah. Um, uh, some of my favorite favorite ones. Uh, uh, Edward Penis Sands. <laughs> that's, uh, uh, that was that's, amazing. That's, that's a great one. He had dicks for fingers. And he would shoot. Well, I would hope so from the title. He would shoot loads up in the air out of his <laughs> hands. <laughs> so instead of cutting hair and making artwork, you know, he, he was like, yeah, he was shooting webs, cocky art, all over the place with his hands. <laughs> just, just the cocky art. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Oh, I think I, there was a Nightmare on Elm Street. A rip of Nightmare on Porn Street or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a parody for everything. Oh and, yeah. In fact, I think there is a legend about the what is it? I think it's called the Bat Pussy Movie. There's a Batman porn parody that was possibly filmed in Dallas. That's from 1977. I'll have to do more research on it to talk about it in depth but yeah be sure to clear your history after you research <laughs> it no i'm gonna tell all the uh the porn parodies i looked for but that was the category we would write for universal remote was uh pick the pick the porn parody or pick the fake porn parody oh like we would go through yeah. and all the real ones and then have one fake one we would get to come up with on our own and we'd have to check it to make sure it didn't exist. Yeah, that's a good bit, man. I like that. Um, so, uh, uh, what'd you watch for 1977? A great year, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Uh, Kyle called me out. Kyle of Kylepedia from last episode that we talked about. He listened to our episode. Oh no! And he said, and he wanted to clarify his take on Nick Cage. He loves younger Nick Cage films. Uh -huh. It feels like everything since is overrated. And I and I gave him Color Out Out of Space, Pig, and Mandy to watch. But he's not a horror guy, so I said, well, I I would just say Pig, yeah, because I haven't seen it, but I haven't heard a bad thing about oh, it. Oh, it's great! Uh, watch it on Hulu. You'll love it. But he also threw out picking what, what year, because it goes, at some point you're going to get caught up. He, he goes, y'all should find the best year of movies, like what you feel is the best. And 77 would be a heavy contender. Yeah, 72 yeah, is great, too. Yeah, I, I just, I know 85 is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think at some point as we look through these, Man, it's going to be tough. Like, if we could narrow it down to just the five best films of that year. Yeah. Yeah. What makes it the yeah, pretty good shit. So, what did you watch in, from Oh, shit, yeah. I watched uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Great film. Uh, fucking love this movie. I, I, I had to watch it on a DVD I had because I don't own the Blu-ray of it. Uh -huh. But uh, Richard Dreyfus. Uh, who's fucking fantastic, and Melinda Dillon, who we watch every Christmas as Ralphie's mom. Yeah, but 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 people forget that she's also uh, uh, the kid's mom in here that disappears that goes away with the aliens. Yeah, speaking of Porkies, 
Christmas Story. And Porky's yeah. are directed by this uh, a black Cur- Black Christmas director Bob Clark. Yeah, uh, I mean, is there any other director with more of a variety of films than Bob Clark? Oh shit! Yes. <laughs> um, fuck. What's the guy's name that did the stuff and Q? Um, Larry Cohen. Larry Cohen. Oh has man! Weird. Co- Cohen is yeah. he is uh, the master of not uh, paying for any uh, permits and just <laughs> yeah, guerrilla filmmaker. Total guerrilla filmmaker. Um, but Spielberg. What was that group of? Uh, kids that came out it was like spielberg lucas um um, coppola coppola it was like these these kids had come out of college and were doing these big films and suddenly took on blockbusters and uh and this was his follow-up to jaws and he made it to deal with his parents divorce uh because because that was kind of some shit that uh he talked about going through and kind of being you know that scene where Terry Gar and uh, she's yelling at him and she's on the verge of leaving you're just waiting for her to leave sure uh, you know like he just talked about like how maddening his house was uh, and it was like that and that it, I guess this is how he kind of dealt with it by putting it putting it to paper the thing I loved the most was revisiting Terry Gar because she doesn't do anything anymore. I think the last thing I saw her in was playing uh, Phoebe's mom on Friends. Yeah. And she's she's so good in everything. This and Young Frankenstein. I mean, she's always playing a supporting character. Mr. Mom, dude. Man, she is, just awesome. she, she is great in After Hours, too. To, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just great. And so she's having to play a wife of a dude who is losing his mind because he thinks he's seen aliens. Uh, and it is so weird to kind of watch this concept because I don't fit, see a film like this being made today. It, it, it wouldn't tell the story of the aliens. It would tell the story of them walking on the ship. It would be more right. involved, which I feel we would miss out on some of these cinematic moments. I think when, Melinda Dillon runs out of the house after her son's been taken and you see the sky, that dark sky. I mean, even before and after how it's lit and how it's dark are just amazing shots. Yeah. Uh, The music and then the balls of a guy, a young filmmaker having Francois Truffaut in his film. Yeah, I agree. That's wild. Yeah. You know, Uh, but it gave us that famous tone. You know, yeah. the communication tone. Na 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 na. Yeah, and it's and it and it's not only this Richard Dreyfus and Melinda Dillon dealing and going through uh this and it and it's very interesting to watch uh them as uh they're t- talking about being poisoned and the people who are wearing masks and not but the people who are trying to flee and like, like, like there's this mad dash, but then there are people who are defying it and, and but it, they're there to see aliens. And so sure. it's funny, I don't know, just to compare it to the people today who just are defying it to, for freedom. Uh, <laughs> and now, might as well be aliens. I love this movie so much that I actually took a trip to see Devil's Mountain. Fuck, really? Yeah. Because, well, this looks like Devil's Mountain, you know? It just, uh, uh, stark, you know, in the background, just really cool. But, yeah, that I went there because of that movie, you know? So Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've never been there. I've always been interested in UFOs. This movie triggered me to, like, research ufos and anything there was available on them and, and it's not like there is today you know it's just there was like a handful of books and there was a book this uh, heineck ufo report 
book that came out in the 70s that a lot of UFOologists say like is the Bible. You know, it's like it's it has all that. Oh, I've I've read it. Yeah. Oh, you have. Look, uh, my father claimed to have seen UFOs. And I know. I, I knew we were going to talk about this. And where were the interview in it? Yeah, uh, I interviewed him about him, and uh, me personally, I think he was on acid, you know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, 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 he took us as a family. Uh, he when he said he saw the UFOs, he said he was out in the California desert. He, uh, uh, he and, uh, his girlfriend and his son at the time were out there. Uh, they said the Lord's prayer over and over again as a mantra to call them down. And, uh, uh, he said he saw them darting across the sky and I'm like, yeah, you're, you're tripping. Uh, but uh, he said he wouldn't have believed it if the little boy, who was like uh, six or seven years old, hadn't said, did you see that, Jack? You know, uh, uh, so that's the our family history. So I grew up in the house. Uh, we probably had 4,000 books. The whole house was full of bookshelves. Yeah, I remember you that know, house because you had the cool spiral staircase yeah, that, that wall. Wall of books. of books, you know. And they were filled with uh, UFO books and uh, cryptid books and just every everything out there, you know. Uh, my mother claimed to be astral project and you know, all kinds of crazy stuff back then. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, see, I, any of those books I could find because I could walk to my library, but I had a very small library in my town. I would just read anything on Bigfoot, Lost yeah. UFOs, and there may be three books on the UFOs that I'd read them over and over and again. <laughs> and so this uh, this uh, Heineck report book uh, was on Amazon like real cheap a few years ago, and I was like, oh, I, I've been wanting this. I'll pick up a copy, and when I ordered it. It, uh, the person who had it before highlighted and underlined a lot of stuff in the book. So if that's the cool thing is to see what someone's going through. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it was like date, dates and places. Yeah, and you they, you could totally see his obsession. And and for some reason they have a page from the National Enquirer, and I and I can't tell what year this is from. But it's just a, but it, but it. Uh, yeah, a very valid source. Yes, seven men have real life close encounter story, and this one even has like, uh, uh, they underlined and dated stuff. And the in 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 the picture, there's a guy laying down, and they wrote a hypnotic position question mark. So <laughs> somebody somebody was researching, and this is out. I'll uh, I'll take a picture and send it to you because this is great. Plus, on the other side, there's other shit on here. That is my new band name, a hypnotic position. (laughs) Well, then there was also like a little card that looks like, I guess, a library card. Maybe Uh, they 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 were looking for a micro. Film copy of something Chinese, and it's from the University of Pittsburgh Library. Huh. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. But, All I yeah, see I is they're... wing. <laughs> but yeah, when you order a weird book and then you get extra notes and uh, uh, additional material, that's always fun. Yeah, that sounds uh, good. But Close Encounters uh, is just a, a trip movie. It's like it gives you everything. The aliens at the end don't have to do anything for me. Like, like I just just for that moment, like like he just told a really great story 
of a guy have trying to accept the unacceptable mm-hmm. and then a group of scientists who are given a bunch of aircrafts that are showing up for the first time in uh, 30, 40 years that have all disappeared in like the Bermuda Triangle or whatever. And they're trying to figure out what's real and what's not. And those, and, and it's, and when the planes crank up like they're brand new, it's like just an awesome moment at the beginning. But yeah. it's very bold how he did like of a lot of uh, international shots, a lot of subtitles, because that just wasn't done back then. Sure, just, you did it. You did it in English uh, because that's what people are going to see. But this was a huge blockbuster. This was a big money maker. Yeah, I remember seeing it in the drive-in. You know, oh, yeah. when I was a oh, kid. Fuck. So, uh, yeah, I always love that film. Uh, this would be one I'd love to see on the big screen again. Yeah, me too. Yeah, definitely an epic film. Uh, uh, so we're gonna uh, stop there because uh, we need to restart, oh, yeah, or, or okay. restart Zoom. So I'm gonna stop her right now. Okay, I'm gonna let my dog out before she starts barking. Yeah, good idea. All right, we're back. And so, what movie did you watch for 1977? I watched. Smokey and the Bandit. Yes. Uh, This has always been one of my favorite films. Now explain the plot of Smokey and the Bandit. Okay. The plot of Smokey (laughs) and the Bandit is a bandit who is like a a race car driver. Um, uh, He gets offered a, a... a deal to make a bunch of money if he and his buddy uh, can take a a truckload of cores, (laughs) you you know, uh, over to uh, uh, Atlanta, I think, Uh, uh, from uh, from, uh, Denver, I guess. Um, uh, because you could, it was bootleg because you couldn't, you couldn't ship it past a certain point, you know? Yeah. You had like within the state. Yeah. State. Uh, which is weird to explain to people now who go, they would limit on how much beer you could sell in other places. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really weird, but, uh, uh, that was it. And, uh, the two guys, uh, that wanted them to do it was Big and Lil Enos. Yes. My favorite characters of the film, uh, uh, Pat McCormick and Paul Williams. Paul Williams. Paul Williams is a genius. Uh, Paul Williams, uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah. Uh, he, he wrote The Rainbow Connection. He also wrote uh, uh, Only Just Begun by the Carpenters. Yeah. Uh, And he wrote the lyrics for The Love Boat. Oh, wow. Yeah. He appeared on it a lot, too. That was a guy who was a celebrity in everything. Like, he would be, he would guest star on here. He would be in The Muppet Show. I mean, just all. He also is in, uh, uh, Edgar Wright's a fan of his. And had him in Baby Driver. Yeah. If you notice notice, uh, the scene where they go to buy the weapons, there's a guy in a white suit. That's Paul Williams. Uh, Yeah, Paul Williams, he uh, was a legendary drug user. He was he would be all coked up on John Carson all the time, you know. And uh, since 2006, he's been the head of ASCAP. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, yeah. So he dealt with all the you know all the crazy uh, ASCAP shit, you know, where yeah. streaming and all this shit. So. Yeah. yeah, that's what he's doing now. Uh, but have you ever seen the documentary on him? 
uh, yeah, it was a good yeah. documentary. Uh, however, Pat McCormick, maybe yes. one of my favorite legends of of Hollywood or uh, television. He yeah. was uh, a comedy writer. Uh, I think he was a comedy writer for, uh, who, uh, uh, oh, who was that guy? He was, uh, Sid Caesar? uh, Walter Mitty. Uh, he, uh, he did that movie, the first Walter Mitty. Oh, Danny Kay. Yeah, Danny Kay. He was a writer for his Variety Hour. He was a writer for Johnny Carson. And all kinds of TV stuff, you know. Uh, but he was most famous for the helicopter story. Helicopter now, story. the helicopter story. Uh, back then, a group of him and all these other comedy writers, they got together and decided that uh, every month somebody would... Uh, uh, plan a meal and pay for it all, you know, for the whole group. Yeah. So, uh, Pat volunteered to be the first one. So, what this crazy motherfucker did, <laughs> uh, he had limousines come and pick up everybody at their jobs, at, you know, ABC, CBS, wherever they were working, and took them to LAX, uh, where there was a helicopter standing by. And there were also hookers. Okay. Now, he gave everyone a box lunch, the tuna sandwich with uh, chips, you know, it was supposed to be extravagant uh, meal. And they were like, what the fuck's going on? He takes them up in the helicopter. And before that, he had gotten the addresses of all of uh, and the locations of all their homes. So he... T the helicopter would go fly over each one of their homes and they would uh, let them eat lunch flying over their homes while they were getting a blowjob from a hooker. <laughs> what the fuck? Who thinks of that? Pat McCormick. <laughs> I looked at his writing credits. That dude wrote for uh, Johnny Carson. Oh, ter amazing amount of people, man. Uh, Red Skelton. Yeah. Uh, he oh, man, the, his Tonight Show stuff, God, like 33 episodes of that. Yeah, and he acted in a lot of them, you know. He wrote, he wrote three Get Start episodes. Yeah. He was a legendary comedy writer. Uh, wrote two episodes of Andy Griffith, a Dick Van Dyke special. They, uh, there's the Danny K show, yeah, the Jimmy Dean show, yeah. But he started, uh, uh, he he started writing on the Tonight Show with Jack Parr. Yeah, so he was like OG Tonight Show. Ser yeah, seriously. Yeah, just and then, and then Candid Camera. So I, I, that Candid Camera stuff was pretty racy back in the day. Yeah, it sure was. But I love uh, all this. Any story about Pat McCormick, I will listen to. <laughs> you know, just uh, he was 6'6", 300 pounds, just a great big dude. Yeah, Paul Williams was what, like 5'5"? Five, five yeah, yeah, definitely big and little, you know. Oh, man. Uh, but uh, the... Uh, in addition to those two, Jackie Gleason's comeback in Smoking yes. the Bandit had to be, it was excellent. He just portrayed the sheriffs just perfectly, you know. He knew how to soak up a moment. Yeah. Just take the deep sigh. And I love, I love, I mean, he has some of the best quotes. He goes, yeah. he'd be like, 
remind me to go slap your mama when we get home. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Dad, you're my favorite tick turd. Yeah, and back then it, there were so many, so much redneck movies. You know, Con oh, yeah. Convoy. Convoy. Uh, Convoy is a Sam Peckinpah film. Yeah, just at the worst part of his career, he agreed to do a movie about a a popular song. Yeah, uh, Sugarland Express, uh, Mm -hmm. Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, all the all the Eastwood, any which way you can, you know, all that, all that bare knuckle fighting. Yeah, all that shit. But but yeah, I love I love Smokey and the Bandit. Because it's an insane movie, the plot is weird. But one of my favorite quotes is like Burt Reynolds never knew the plot of no. Smokey and the Bandit. Neither did did he goes. I asked Hal one time what the plot of the movie is, and he goes, "I don't know." And he goes, "If he was the director, yeah, yeah, it was just a reason to put all these fuckers on screen, you know." And. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, uh, Sally Field or Frog in the film. Uh, she I do not fall in love with Sally Field. She was the hottest she'd ever been in anything. You know, just total hotness. And, and would one day be Aunt May. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, and Bert was a sex symbol back then. He was in Playboy, you know, or Playgirl. Yeah, Playgirl, yeah. Yeah, uh, and Jerry Reed was the great. great Jerry Reed. Yeah, he sang, he sang the Eastbound the and sound Down, which became a movie. Uh, and uh, Fred, the dog. Oh, yeah. Fred. Oh, my God. And then the Dukes of Hazard ripped off Fred with Flash <laughs> later on, you know? So, yeah, I love smoking the bandit. If you haven't seen it, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you got to see it. I think it's required by law if you live in the South that you have to watch Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. And you don't have to watch the sequels, especially like the oh. third one. Oh, they're where terrible. they try to make it. Yeah, because because like I don't even think they try to make it seem like Burt Reynolds is in it because they'll have the car, but you never see him. Yeah, it's, it's like Jerry Reed's pretty much the whole movie. Yeah, it's stupid, man. Uh, watch the first one; it's worth watching. Uh, so, but, but, I, but, but you know what movie makes that that makes me think of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, you know, because uh, the Bruce Dern character, uh, the guy who owns Spawn Ranch, is uh, was originally Burt Reynolds. That he had auditioned for Quentin Tarantino, and Quentin Tarantino goes, "I consider that his last role because I saw him perform that for me." Right. And that and. Uh, and the Hal Needham character, if you ever look up Hal Needham, he looks a lot like what Brad Pitt looks like uh, um, in that film mm-hmm. with the glasses and the hair and everything. And uh, it's it's just so funny to see Quentin Tarantino tribute, paying tribute to these guys. Oh, my dogs. Fuck. Um, paying tribute to these guys in film. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but... I will have to see. I saw Moon Nights. Yeah, I want to hear. I, I mean, granted, you're not a comic book guy, so uh, I don't. You're just coming at this from. Look, I enjoyed. I enjoyed uh, every of the Marvel shows except Moon Knight. Loki, I liked. Yeah, I liked. Uh, 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 Falcon the Winter Soldier. I liked uh, Ho- Hawkeye, WandaVision. Moon Knight, I feel like I was raped. Damn. It, it made no fucking sense to me. Yeah. It, 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 it was like they had... I don't know who fucking wrote it or they slapped it together. I feel sorry for Oscar Isaacs. I enjoy him. He was an executive producer on it, so he 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 had a lot of creative control on 
on what what happened. Well, he fucked it up if he did, you know, because <laughs> uh, that was halfway through. At halfway through, I thought it was going to be good. The ending sucked. Yeah. The ending sucked. But in addition to that, I saw another piece of shit about the moon. <laughs> Moonfall. Holy oh. shit. Yeah, what a piece of shit. Oh, I got to see it now. It is so bad. But oh. it's a hate watch. You know what I uh, mean? Yeah. Oh, I do love those. Yeah, I mean, but uh, you're just like, is there any science in this at all, you know? Uh, I like sci-fi where you can kind of suspend disbelief. Yeah. But this... <sighs> eh. Yeah, I, I, I wish they had done Moon Knight a little... Like, Moon Knight's a real fucked up character. I wish they had done... Like, I, I enjoyed it, but, like, I went in with a lot of knowledge. Yeah, and yeah, I, exactly. And, and see, the it, it's it, it's real, it's real a real fucked up story in that, like, it's about a dude who who's mentally broken, so you don't always, you can't always trust what he's telling you. So you he may be fighting crime, but he may just be in a mental institution. Sure. And like, so sometimes... He's in the mental institution in like one whole arc, and sometimes he's just fighting crime on the streets. But it, it every every time someone's taken it and adapted it has, and they've made it a little different. And one of my favorite runs is a more action-packed version uh, uh, by Charlie Houston, uh, who's a pulp writer, and I'm a big fan of his Moon Knight run is one of my favorite because it takes Mark and it breaks him down to an old broken soldier who has to revisit his past and his friends aren't his friends anymore because he's been he hasn't been the best of guys and um it doesn't deal with any of the uh you know broken stuff i mean he is broken mentally but it doesn't have like him in a mental institution you know in his head going to death and that kind of existential shit it, it's uh, fighting and kick kicking ass now uh, I gave it one star. I would have given it a half a star, except for the hippo. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the hippo's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. do love her. Yeah, so you know that. But like, did didn't you even? Okay, so like, just take <laughs> out all the bullshit and and put Oscar Isaac's and Ethan Hawke together and when they have those scenes together yeah they're don't good you at least feel like they're those are really fucking good yeah they're good uh, but they can't make up for all the other batshit crazy not making any sense shit yeah just my opinion oh, yeah and see Kyle hated it too but yeah. he he just he said I wanted action like I wanted the guy like in Daredevil, you know, like Moon Knight fights in New York, he jumps rooftops, he beats the fuck out of well, people at night. Well, in in Moon Knight, uh, all the action happens after he goes, and then everyone's dead, and you're like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, and see, that's the other thing. That's the other thing that made me mad is is because uh, uh, Moon Knight's a violent character. And he has a violent personality called Jake Lockley yeah. that they don't even hint at until the last. It's it's the end credit scene where they they reference Jake Lockley, and he's a, and, and that's what's so fucked up is in the book, Jake has such his own life that he has kids that Mark and Stephen don't even know about. Like he he had a kid with a lady, and they find out in one story. It's just really fucked up. But the story I want to I want to tell you about the story in the comic that broke Mark to create Stephen, and because it's not his brother dying, um, he grew up uh, very Jewish. His uh, dad uh, I can't remember if his dad was a rabbi, but his his uncle is a survivor of the Holocaust. He got out of Germany. He is an Orthodox Jew. 
and he's very good friends with his dad and uh, Mark happens upon Mark would go visit him all the time and so Mark goes to stop by and can't find him stumbles into his cellar and finds him torturing a man he's hung this man up by his feet and he's just slowly cutting him and and Mark's like freaking out and and suddenly this guy who's his friendly uncle isn't his friendly uncle and he starts telling his you know evil plan comic book style but essentially he's a self-hating jew and he goes oh yeah this guy's not dead he hits him so that he'll scream so that mark will know that he that guy's still alive and then he just is cutting on him again and he's telling his backstory about how he worked with mangala and would just torture yeah just torture and he goes and you know and he he gives you the hint that he just enjoyed it. He did it for the fun of it. And Mark wow. is like a 12-year-old boy who's just seeing this and losing his mind and has to get away from it all. And that's what fractures his personality as a child. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty fucked up. Uh, you know, but, but again, they adapted it well by having him, uh, having his mother be the person who kind of fractured breaks him because he him as a child didn't take care of his brother and his brother died sure sure well yeah. uh anyways uh hopefully uh, obi-wan will be good yeah yeah i'm looking forward to that i did watch uh uh joe bob briggs his season four this past week had two movies on it but but I had not seen the girl who lives down the lane. Have you, have you ever no. seen that with Jody? It's a yeah. It's one of Jodie Foster's first films. Dude, it is so goddamn good. Really? Like I yeah. The the girl that lives down the lane, and and she's like a thirteen year old girl who is living in this house, and um, you're not sure what happened to her. Uh, well, her mom. She tells a story that her mom died, but her her dad's there, but you never see. Him. And uh -huh. so uh, there's this pervert that comes around, played by Martin Sheen. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, and and those two, like young Martin Sheen, and this is like him after he's done Badlands. Yeah, and and her, just unbelievable, just sharing this doing scenes and seeing them at their best. Yeah. Because there, this is some shit dialogue. In the first appearance, Martin Sheen has to do a lot of dialogue that I don't feel is great, but he makes it work, and she plays off him, and they're both really good. I, I say watch it just for those two, but, man, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I put it on my watch list. So, yeah, yeah, I'll check it out. Now, I watch uh, the Back to the Future trilogy. Yes. I had seen them all in the theater as a kid and hadn't revisited it since then, so it was a lot of fun, you know? Yeah, I do love those movies. One of my favorite uh, movie-going experiences was taken uh, when I volunteered for Big Brother, Little Brother. I took my little brother EJ to go see Back to the Future when they had the anniversary of uh, the year it was uh, it was supposed to be in the movie, and right. so I was explaining to him like, "Yeah, this is this movie was made in the '80s, and they, that's what this is what they thought today would be like in 2015." Sure. And he just thought that was the funniest thing. And then I told him there were two more movies, and he was like, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 I really enjoyed seeing every all those films again, you know, just great shit, and man, had, did we lose a great actor, you know. Uh, Fred Ward? No, uh, Michael J. Fox, uh, oh, due, Michael J. due to his illness, you know, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was like, I just... And, Fred Ward popped into my head because of his of the recent death, but yeah, Michael J. Fox was pretty much kind of the teen. Uh, I don't want to say poster boy for Gen X, but I mean, he was on Family Ties that pretty much dominated the '80s. He sure, was, he was he was him from '82 to '89. 
then he did this, but then he tried to do something out of character and did that Bright Lights Big City movie where he's supposed to be like a, a cocaine uh, abuser. Just not not one that fits him. Sure, well. sure. Doc, Doc Hollywood. Doc Hollywood's great. I love that movie. Uh, uh, yeah, but... Uh, what's, what's the uh, one where they... Uh, it's a scavenger hunt. He's in a scavenger hunt movie. Uh, was it Midnight Madness? Midnight, Midnight Madness, Madness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was very young in that. Yeah, and he's also in Class of 1999. Yeah. Early trauma film. Yeah, uh, I watched that the other day. It was good to see... You know him in that film, so. Uh, but uh, uh, I I did see a pretty hilarious horror film. Yeah. Slacks. Oh, I love Slacks. <laughs> what oh a God. what a fucking movie. Yeah, it is insane, and it has just the best movie poster. Yeah. And, and, and anyone who's listening, and I'm just talking to you, Kyle, it's a <laughs> horror movie, but it's funny. Yeah. Go in, don't watch a trailer, just watch the movie. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, totally watch it raw. Um, the, be- uh, the, <laughs> the best thing about this film is it helped me make a new... Uh, a letterbox list, a movie uh, where uh, influencers get killed. <laughs> and how they die, too, is even better. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just good shit. But I enjoyed that. Uh, and I watched uh, Death Proof. Uh, oh, yeah, I yeah, Proof. yeah, I watched them film it. Uh, you know. Oh, yeah, because it was down in Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched them film that. So, uh, really cool movie, you know. You know, it used to be, uh, uh, Tarantino used to always come into, uh, uh, Antone's, uh, back in the day. And, uh, one of the door girls was one of the, uh, Jackie Brown, uh, machine gun girls in the beginning. Oh, yeah. 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 She was a door girl there. And, uh, uh, he would come in and he would go hang out, uh, upstairs and he was always, uh, it was a big joke because, oh, is it stinking here? Because Quentin's here. Because uh, he was on heroin for a while, you know. And uh, you don't shower uh, when you take heroin. And you stink. So it was like a running joke that Quentin's here smells bad upstairs in the room, you know. But yeah, that yeah, that's my Quentin. I mean, I love Quentin, but you know, that's my Quentin story. So. Holy shit! Oh, you know what? There was another thing about Close Encounters. I thought. Uh, was was wild is the group of people there's a group of people that gather at uh the roadside where melinda Dillon and richard dreyfus meet and there's an old man holding a sign to the ufos that says uh what is this like stop and be our or stop and be friendly uh-huh. and and i looked up that actor and that we watched that actor every year in home alone he's the old man oh yeah that yeah that uh macaulay culkin thinks is like uh crazy or something but then ends up befriending him yeah <laughs> he's in so we watch melinda dillon and him every year yeah that's funny um but yeah, I love Death Proof and uh, just great action. You know, incredible. Probably one of his best action films. Yeah, uh, I still think about that leg flop. Yeah, great. Oh. Just great. A 
tire coming into the front window and hitting the face. Yeah, yeah, just uh, kind of like a buzzsaw, you know, going through. But the best thing is watching Kurt Russell get the shit kicked out of him by a bunch of chicks. (laughs) Yeah, total awesome, you know. Uh, But, uh, uh, yeah, but I never understood. They never told us uh, what happened to the girl that was left with the redneck. Oh, yeah. You know, I guess, you know, he was raping her while that shit was going on or something. No, she's a badass. She plays Lucy McLean in the Die Hard series. Yeah, but... Yeah, she's Ramona Flowers, and uh, what else is she in? She was in Kate. Kate was a pretty great action flick. Yeah, I love that. Now, uh, we're going to watch films from 78, another... uh, uh, good, and I'm watching. I'm picking mine, Deer Hunter. Oh, okay. Well, you can have that one. Yeah, that one. I'll take it. Um. Oh shit! I may take Convoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do Convoy. That'd be fun. Oh fuck, though. But you've got Superman, and that's just an icon. Oh man. Yeah, Superman's good. Lord of the Rings, the animated one. Because yeah. Kyle was really disappointed I didn't take the animated Hobbit. But Halloween's also out that year. Uh-huh. I, 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 I love... I mean, my love for Halloween. That's probably one of my favorite. Uh, Animal House. Uh-huh. I almost took Animal House. I could say with Burt Reynolds and watch The End, which is a movie that would never be made today about suicide. Great film, man. Great film. Oh, shit. Um, Straight Time. I've been wanting to see that with Dustin Hoffman, where he's an ex-con trying to... uh, I don't know, man. Hooper. Fuck, Hooper is a great movie. I took took Shelby to see that in the theater. Uh Uh-huh. Good film. Damn, I don't know, man. But They're great Deer stuff, man. Great stuff this year. You know what? I, I think because of my love of Harold Ramis, I'm going to go with Animal House. Uh-huh. Just because, I mean, I... It, God, that's such a great movie. Yeah, good, do it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Animal House and Deer Hunter, so... You know, it'll have the next week's show will have the same tone. Oh, by the way, how was uh, Doctor Strange? Fucking awesome. Dude. Yeah, good. I, I I loved it. I I was sitting here like we were. She'll be, you know, because I can't drive and stuff. Every time uh, it's like her weekend, we have to like run errands and do things, and so she she never really gets to take a break, and I really hate that. So. Uh, we were going to see Doctor Strange, and I said, let's just stay home and rest. And a buddy of mine had a copy on his Plex server and said, hey, hey, I'll hook you up. And so uh, got to watch it from home. So we both got to relax and just chill. And uh, they just did – the only thing was, like, they had cut the in-credit scenes out, so we just went online and watched them. Sure. I, I fucking loved it. Even bet poor quality. I the It – it, it was Sam Raimi being scary as hell, playing in uh, the Marvel toy box with all the cool toys and making them do cool shit. Cool. And, and that's what I enjoyed about it. Like, yeah. I, you know, it, it's got a, like a kind of weird story to it, and but I, I dig it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it in the theater. I have to uh, have my surgery first, so once I get oh, that yeah. scheduled, I'll be able to go see it. You know, so I'm looking forward to go checking that out. Uh, by the way, uh, what uh, films are you looking forward to, or what TV shows this year? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Thor, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, the, uh, uh, I actually just came from the library and picked up a bunch of uh, the Thor books that uh, Jason Aaron wrote because they're using his words for the Eleven Thunder movie. Okay. Uh, 
what else is coming out? Uh, now, uh, you saw Letterkenny, right? Oh, yeah. I, I'm not current on it, but I've seen, like, the first six seasons for sure. Uh, they're coming out with a new show called Shorzy. Oh, fuck. Oh, how? Yeah, it's coming Bernie's out. the dirtiest <laughs> character. <laughs> yeah, it's coming out the Monday and Memorial, or Friday and Memorial Day weekend. It's uh, on Hulu, so. Oh, Shorzy. Give your balls a tug. <laughs> Give your balls a tug. Yeah, that's the tagline of the of that show. Uh, so yeah, I, I am kind of looking forward to, uh, uh, maybe, uh, you know, seeing Thor and, uh, I kind of want to see Jurassic, the new Jurassic movie, just because uh, they're all over the world with different dinosaurs. Yeah, but you know. The best thing about Jurassic Park is discovering and seeing. Yeah. And you only get that once in the first film. Yeah, I know. After that, it's a horror film. But they're bringing back Jeff Goldblum, for God's sake. It it can't be bad. (laughs) Hey, I think he's supposed to show up in Thor, too. Oh, I hope so. so. I hope so. I know with this character, he could show up in a lot more movies, which is awesome. All right, let's wrap it up. So we'll see everybody next week. Toga, toga, toga. Later, Gators. Later, Gators.